Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This is episode 268. This episode is with Richard Engstrom. Richard is a coach educator for the football fitness for the Swedish FA. He came on, we talked about working with the youth national teams, uh, what the role involved as coach educator. We talked about the Futures programme, which is actually mentioned a few episodes ago with Dr. Sean Cumming. Um, we also then speak about coach education and some of the key areas of focus that Richard takes within his role for coaches and some other projects they have going on at the FA as well. Um, then we discuss some of the differences between the roles Richard has held in different leagues over in Sweden too. So that gives you a little insight into some of the demands and challenges that he's faced in previous roles and current roles as well. So loads to take away from this episode. Just before we get into it, I just wanted to say we've got an exciting few weeks lined up on the podcast. We've got some great guests coming. A few episodes are already recorded that I know you're going to take loads from and some really exciting guests around the corner as well. But if you do have any recommendations of people you want to hear on the podcast that you maybe not heard from before or you enjoyed previous episodes, please reach out because we're always looking for good recommendations and I'll try and get them either back on or get them on for a first time on the podcast. We will also be announcing some of our upcoming events for 2024 as well. I've mentioned this in in recent episodes. We are looking to confirm some of our networking events going into 2024. We're very close with an event now um, that's going to be in the Northwest in January um, the 25th of Jan. That is looking like uh, that event is going to take place. All the details of that will hopefully be ready for the next episode For more reasons than one, because the next guest might be from that particular club as well. So keep an eye out for that over on socials and on the podcast. But if you are interested in hosting at your club, then please reach out. You can drop us a message on mail at footballfitfed.com and we'll hopefully try and tie down an event at your club. Just final order of business before we get into the podcast. I want to say a massive thank you to our sponsors, The Good Prep. The Good Prep is a meal prep delivery service that provides fresh, ready-to-eat, chef-cooked meals straight to your door. They offer meal plans tailored to your personal goals, current activity level and schedule. The Good Prep works closely with elite-level athletes and corporates to develop meal solutions that meet the ever-changing demands of performance and training. Their clients include Brighton Hove Albion, the PGMOL, Commonwealth Teams, Gymshark and many more. Their meals are full of all the nutrients you need to keep you in peak performance so you can achieve every goal you set. Plus, you can reclaim your time, eat better, move more, and reduce food waste too. Their meal plans are designed to guide you through your journey to a healthier you. Take the guesswork out of healthy eating and discover the power of nutrition at thegoodprep.com and make sure you use the code FFF15 for 15% off your first order. Also, a big thank you to Hytro. Have you ever tried blood flow restriction training? For pro sport teams and athletes, Hytro is the only performance BFR brand to create pressure-validated BFR wearables that are practical, safe, and scalable, allowing you to enhance recovery and maximize athletic potential like never before. Whether in the changing room post-game, during away game travel, in the hotel, or at home, Hydro has created a simple and effective tool that allows BFR to be delivered to athletes and squads simultaneously and safely. Check them out at hydro.com or email teamsales at hydro.com to find out how Hydro BFR can give your squad a competitive edge. 
Also, make sure you go and check out the amazing work being done by Rezl. Just search Rezl over on socials, R-E-Z-Z-I-L. Go and give them a follow and show them some love. And let's get into episode 268 with coach educator for football fitness at the Swedish FA, Richard Engstrom. Rezl is the world's number one virtual reality sports trainer. Whatever your team, your sport, your ability, improve your game and train like a pro. Reactions, performance, accuracy, stamina, resilience. Train at home in the Rezl Sports and Fitness VR Training Arena. Search Rezl, R-E-Z-Z-I-L. The world's number one virtual reality sports trainer. Available now on MetaQuest. Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This is episode 268. I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast today. Richard Engstrom, how are we doing? Very good. And a very, very nice pronunciation of my name also. Uh, Well, we just spoke about this. It wasn't, but we'll accept it. (laughs) I'll let it slide. Let us like. First of all, uh, thanks a lot for having me. Uh, It's an absolute honor uh, to be on the podcast. Um, Equal measures of uh, uh, terrified and and excited. So I think it's going to be a good chat, I think. No, it definitely will. No, I appreciate you coming on because you've got, I know with your, we'll go into your background in a little bit. But in your current role, it's really interesting. And there's no one more fitting than someone who's who's in a coach education role around football fitness for a football association, which is the obviously Swedish FA. So it'd be great to dive in. We're going to go get into that in in a little bit. We just spoke about, just before we started recording, um, Dr. Sean Cummings' episode, and he referenced some of the work that's going on um, with the Swedish FA as well. So that is another area that we'll jump into. But let's start on yourself. Let's start on your background. What what um, did that look like and what's led up to your role now? Um, yeah, well, keep it short and sharp. Um, I've been in the business for um, uh, 10 years now, uh, working exclusively in football. I started uh, uh, actually in 2012 uh, with my bachelor's degree in, in exercise science um, um, and moved on to, to my master's in 2018 i think in sports science in gothenburg um been working a whole bunch of different levels from uh youth uh, with boys youth girls uh, uh, first team in uh in uh, alsvenskan or top division uh, uh some teams in the second division um uh, bits and pieces all over the place um right now uh, like you said i'm working with the swedish fa uh, currently as a coach educator uh, for football fitness and I work with a club in the third division uh, in the Swedish uh, pyramid uh, as a football fitness coach, assistant coach, actually, um, with my main focus being uh, the fitness aspect of it. So that's in short what I've been doing. Uh, and I've also done some uh, for the FA, also been working with the youth national teams uh, for, for a few years. So awesome. that's it. What would you say? Give us a little bit of breakdown on the differences between because we obviously we spoke about the UK a lot when we've had different coaches on, but in terms of those differences between the leagues and the standards that you've been involved in, what are the differences for you as a practitioner in terms of like logistics, facilities, the standard of, of the game? At club level, you mean? I yeah. guess. Um, yeah. well, some huge differences. Um 
like just uh, comparing to like my my current role uh, in third division uh, to the top division is it's a it's a huge difference. There's there's unique challenges, but also opportunities. Uh, working in a in a lower uh, level team, the, the the main the obvious one is the resources, of course. Uh, still, Alsvenska not be in the Premier League. There's uh, the 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 amount of resources you get is, is incomparable to like in the third division. Um, so everything from yeah, the equipment you can use and 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 the uh, facilities you have, uh, uh, it's it's a it's a, it's a world difference. Um, but also like with the opportunities now, there's less pressure uh, maybe to to try things and uh, and do 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 the things I want to do, which is brilliant because it I've been doing this the, this year with the third division team and it's uh, um, it's really uh, elevated me as a practitioner. Uh, mainly also because of the the limited resources that you have to it's become like a, a class in how to keep things as simple as possible and if I'm gonna work in a work in a higher division in the future that's what, what I'm gonna bring with me just do simple stuff make sure you do the basics right and the basics work man they really do and uh and uh yeah so you learn stuff from every at every level, and I appreciated my time with the with the third division team, Oscar's Hams or I call they're called um, this year, um, working in different environments in terms of academy versus uh, first team. Obviously, less pressure. Also, academy you can work with coach uh, with the players for for longer periods of time. You can uh, it's not so much focus on on results and um, you know so you can learn th stuff at at each level and. Every level I've taken is always uh, uh, come with unique challenges and, and and evolved me as a practitioner. I think your journey is an interesting one, isn't it? Going to that point of getting to the top division and then now working in the third division, obviously with everything else you've got going on as well. But there's important lessons in there as well, isn't there? Because, like you said, you you would have probably had more resources in other roles. But in terms of an actual practitioner and testing you in the applied world, you're probably being challenged a lot more now um, in terms of creativity and innovation within this role. So how do you pass that in terms of that experience for yourself onto other coaches that you'd come across in terms of building this toolbox that you're developing? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good insight because I think in my role, current role as a coach educator, just having like the um, experience of working at top level, uh, you don't really like you can put yourself in the shoes of, of coaches and at, at lower levels. So resource is always going to be a, it's going to be a hindrance, but, uh, but you need to find, instead of just complaining about, I can't do this, I can't do that. You need to find ways around it. Um, and like I said, you can do basic things really well with, with small amounts of resources. You just need to be creative, um, like adhere to, to the main uh, like core training principles and do uh, be smart about how you plan and, and, and do stuff. So, so it definitely helped me. Um, also, like, uh, like I have more responsibility now because I'm an assistant coach. I can I can do. I don't just do like the warm up and 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 the top ups. I I, I like I can design uh, whole sessions uh, because like the head coach trusts me to do that. Um, and uh, you, you learn so much from that. Like um, 
because I, I hold I have a UFB uh, license also, so I'm not a, I'm not a football coach per se. I will never be a head coach, but uh, but one of my strongest core principles is like you need to integrate stuff, and you need to put football first. Yeah. Um, uh, so so that's and we're gonna probably get into that when we get to the coach education stuff as well. But but uh, that's like the best session, and also like funny enough, like when I was uh, at. Uh, Helsingborgs EF was the the team I I worked with in the in Alsvenskan. Like the best sessions I had was the sessions on game day with the guys who didn't get selected. It yeah. was their worst. Absolutely, like they don't want to be there. I loved those sessions because it was just me and like we had pretty good big squad, so we could have like five six players. Yeah, and I could sign everything, everything from the like the prep to the passing exercise uh yeah you know every step of the way like an hour of training and everything had like everything was integrated with the uh, specific things for their position but but always like this has a a specific physical outcome regardless if it's a passing exercise or or a finishing exercise or or, or whatever those were the best sessions i've had and 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 um yeah i'm, I'm rambling i don't know what i was going to talk about but uh no, I, I think just on that point, though, when you talk about integration and football coming first, I think there's no more time where you've got a player, a group of players that are essentially going to be pretty low in morale, aren't they? If they've been left out of a match day squad, it's probably the last time they want to be split up and sent out to do any sort of um, running drills or whatever it is. So the, 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 the need, I suppose, for like integration at that point is probably the highest, isn't it? To try and develop yeah. any sort of buying that you can from players that are in that that mindset. Hundred percent, yeah. And I always like you could you can do top ups uh, for the guys, but preferably you want them back on the field so you can do specific stuff and, and stuff that they enjoy uh, and like just being able to compete and play, like have fun. They can laugh. They can like they can yeah just uh, compete. That's what they want to do, and and it helps you so much as a practitioner. You get so much for free. When you you have like a competitive edge to to uh, to training as well, even if it's just just um, I was doing this. It's not the best thing to do on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> air quotes for anyone listening. Yeah, yeah air quotes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um yeah, it's an interesting session, uh, just motivation wise, but uh, also like I said, it's sort of a very uh, very fun for me at least. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll jump back into your current role now with, as a coach educator because I'm interested to hear what that looks like on a on a daily basis. Like, who are you working with directly? Who feeds into you? Um, essentially, who are you educating? Sure. Uh, no one. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so I'm involved with um, like the uh, the youth education, uh, youth B, elite youth A. And I've done uh, sessions with uh, with the UEFA A uh, license, uh, pretty much everything besides the pro license um, I've done. So, um, and there's uh, like to the there's a fitness uh, football fitness component, and there's the the game itself, and then the football psychologist like different parts of of um, of the education and um, and, uh, and the football fitness part is like. Uh, evaluation and analysis it's more uh, some parts of it are 
uh, like complementary training, uh, like strength and power and and prep. Um, what else uh, is there? Uh, it's got to check. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the planning and participation. Uh, so a different different topics, but what I love about it, like of course, it's education. What what's not to love about it? Uh, it's really good, but like the one of the main things for me is that we don't educate uh, fitness coaches. We educate tactical coaches. So that's really like talking about integration of things. Uh, it really challenges you to, to meet them where they're at and to speak their language. Um, and like I said, like I've always been a, a big on, on integrating stuff. Like I was reading tactical periodization before I even, um, was through with my bachelor's like the first thing I, I got my hands on this is this is how it's supposed to be i think um so it really like to speak their language and make everything we teach them like relevant to their role um because like the groups are very uh diverse can you say diverse like some people are working at elite academy some are working at elite uh first team um and some are working at smaller clubs or even grassroots. So, and the grassroots guys, they maybe need like, they need to handle like the fitness components themselves. And, but the other guys at the elite academies, they have staff employed yeah. to, to do like the strength sessions and, and so on. But, but, uh, but I think we, we got to a point where it's really, um, we talk about football all the time. It's never, uh, it's never separated. It's not isolated except for the strength work maybe that's that's uh, uh like complementary of course yeah. but but um but it's it's some really really interesting discussions about like integration of uh analysis integrating uh, uh drill design training design some brilliant discussions about uh those topics um because still in sweden and probably uh other places as well it's you see um when when you think about football fitness you think about gps numbers and uh that's like running uh, metrics it's like so many others have said i think uh, martin said it uh, also on the on your podcast like it's not a performance metric it's not a it's not a kpi yeah and people think still think that you have to run more and then we'll win games it's, it's just doesn't work like that and trying to separate like try to separate actual performance to, to physical performance so so we had some amazing like my favorite um uh things we do is like we have an uh, an assignment for them they they get to uh design like a drill or um or a session with a specific uh, purpose like and it could be a match day plus one or a match day plus three or match day minus one this is your context um you have for example, five players who played 60 minutes and six players played 30 minutes, design a drill on match day plus one, just for example, um, how to get a specific output. So the coaches design the, the drill. We evaluate through a GPS, see if we get the numbers, we, the output we wanted. And taking it one step further is like also doing like video analysis. So we can right. see like, okay, you get a specific output, and again, like the reductionistic, like uh, purely quantitative uh, approach of just looking at GPS numbers, 
and for some in some ways it's good okay you want a certain amount of volume in high speed running or whatever but still are you just doing things or are you doing good things yeah like are you just are you affecting the game in the way you want it to be affected or are you just does your meters per minute accomplish what you want to do so you look at like you look at the drill sign, you look at the GPS numbers. Okay, we got the output we wanted. Okay, you look, then you take it one step further, look at the video, make it more qualitative. Like, okay, did the players actually press the way we wanted to press or did we attack the spaces we wanted to? Like, then you get the complete package. And I think that's where we want to go. And also like going back to like speaking the coach's language, that's how you make it relevant to them. Like, like getting the whole... Getting football, you know, yeah. it's, not, it's not this plus this plus this. It's it's like the um, the unity. Can you say unity? Uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's... that that common language is really important, isn't it? And understanding, I suppose, more different um, practitioners involved. I think it, it's really important. I love that as a drill. Love that as a as a task. I think that that must be really yeah. effective. Yeah, it was. It was really. Uh, it was amazing because. You also you took them to, um, it wasn't just like st standing in a classroom, hammering them with information. Sometimes you need to do that as well. But but this is really like you put them on the field, do what you do best, and then you get the feedback. And then we can discuss and, and like reflect on how can we have uh, uh, like like design this drill differently to get a different out output physically and, and uh, quantitatively. Uh, qualitatively also so um that's one of the um really good things uh like you have to you you're forced to integrate everything and, and that's very good i think i think that as a task alone for any aspect of preparation is so important isn't it asking yourself are you actually achieving the thing that you're training for and then also is the thing that you're trying to train for effective like like you say about distance or whatever we're looking at, that's when you pull in from technical coaches and other people as well to say, isn't it? Like, how are we going to be effective on the field? And let's yeah. basically let's start at that and then work back. Yeah, and the environment also is so uh, giving because it's not just me. Okay, I can have an idea. Okay, this drill didn't work. Uh, it's not just me saying you need to. You can start the ball from there instead, or you can. Uh, yeah, make the instructions different. Also, I have like uh, 10 to 15 other coaches like giving their experience. Like, okay, I, I've done this in this way or this way. It's You get so much from that being on the field and actually like with ambitious and smart people just going back and forth. Like, uh, yeah, just uh, throwing ideas at each other. It's, uh, it's an extremely, I value that environment so much because it's, it, it's, um, it involves them, but also me, and very much so. I can just, like you said earlier, I, I can give them the tools, but they need to learn how to cook. Or, yeah. uh, you know, um, you just fill their toolbox with stuff. We're not we're not the ones who, to to tell them how to do things or how, how to, to make a Swedish reference, how to build the IKEA shelf, whatever. We just give them the hammer, or maybe don't use a hammer for a shelf, but but uh, like I probably won't because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> we, we give them the tools, and they they learn how to cook, and then they have to reflect, and that's yeah. Um, it's it's uh, I love those sessions; they're very good.
And I think the importance of it as well, that it sounds like you've got a really nice balance with it, is that you have that environment made up of people that are of a, not a similar mindset that everyone's thinking the same, but a similar mindset in terms of though they're open. And like you say, they're, they're ready to challenge people, but in a way that they can actually add. Whereas I suppose if you get a few people in there that are in there for the wrong reasons, that's when it becomes a bit of an issue, isn't it? But I suppose that's all around the environment that you create. Sure. You always get people that that have a difficulties contributing in that kind of environment, but that's just the way it goes. And yeah. uh, hopefully they can take something back to their environment and um and and come back um uh, a better practitioner from from our uh, from our courses. And it's all about like can uh, uh, like the one thing can it contribute, but one thing can they like see what we're talking about? Can they zoom out? And uh, to what pieces of this can I use? Yeah. Zoom back in into their environment. Okay, this is how I can apply this in my in my context. Because yeah. like I said, we don't we don't give them the recipe. We uh we just we uh we teach them how to cook, hopefully. Yeah. Which is so important as well, because you've mentioned just before in, in the roles that you've had, you could probably split every single role with every single club, with every single group of players that you've worked at. It's all going to be different, isn't it, for one one reason or another? But mm. the lessons that probably you've taken across all roles and developed them across all roles as well. So as a, as a practitioner, that's super super important, isn't it, to have that ability to be able to do that because then you can apply these lessons in different environments, which you're going to end up in. You're going to end up in different different environments, different circumstances. And um, there's going to be times of the season that clubs are, are winning on winning streaks are also going to be on losing streaks. There's a hell of a lot that goes into this, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, again, back to like, uh, back to like mastering the, like the basics, um, just do something heavy, do something fast, do something explosive, play football and, and happy days, you know? Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. That's your, that's your book title. Yeah. Yeah, that's the book title yeah, right there it's a good metaphor actually it is it oh, is yeah. Yeah. yeah you fill it with the knowledge you have the books in your mind and uh and uh yeah there you go perfect yeah. i want to i referenced before when dr sean coming came on the podcast he spoke about uh the futures program and some of the clubs and the FAs that are, that are utilizing the program. And he obviously mentioned the Swedish FA. So I thought I couldn't get you on the podcast without, I know you're not directly um, in charge of the program or leading the program, but I just wanted to get your perspective on it, just linking into to Sean's episode. Yeah. Uh, great episode, by the way. Um, yeah. Obviously, the Futures program, we were proud of uh, where we're at. I think it was, was it us and Belgium? That's like right. The- uh, and we had some brilliant results. We have a few players in the first team, uh, national team uh, on the men's side, who's um, who's uh, gone through like the future, uh, the future team uh, project, if you can call that. So, and um, like tying that into uh, like the coach education also is like we, we a big part. I, I forgot to mention earlier, but a big part of the youth uh, youth programs or the youth uh, education programs is talking about growth maturation. Um, so, and also like giving one thing, like giving uh, coaches the knowledge about it, but also we have a, 
like had an assignment or really hands-on so they had like you, you go to your academies you do the Kamis Roche uh, measurements and then you reflect upon like the input you get from our our um, presentations regarding injury risk and and uh, so on and so forth so so I hope we are anchoring this with the clubs as well because they they are so important in uh in, in in taking steps uh in this project and like you said i'm not i'm not directly involved uh in it but i try to affect to the people i i meet um and and i, and I think it's a big eye-opener like for for a lot of people uh coming to our coaching courses because also in my in my uh, view it's an absolute necessity because we're not brazil we're not we're not england we're not Portugal, we don't have like that talent pool that we can just. Um, who talked about that? What's a podcast? Oh no, if it's your podcast or another one where would he, a guy went to Brazil and they had like, and they just trained a shit out of people and they had like five other people standing behind him with equal amounts of technical talent and just ah oh, you broke uh, you, next one in yeah was that you was it not um was it not Callum Walsh on yeah was it, was yeah, it, it like a science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. I think it was. Yeah, I could be wrong with that, but he he's definitely got experience over there. Yeah, I think it was. I think it yeah. was. But, oh yeah, but yeah, my point is, we're we're not like that. We don't have that kind of talent pool, so we need to like really, really um, get the most from every everyone. We can't just kick people out of the academies because they're um, they're not physically gifted or physically if they're late developers. We need to to retain them within the system because we don't know who's gonna. Who's gonna become uh, like the next uh, big thing? So, so it's really important for us, um, and uh, and I think it's in the best interest of everyone. Like obviously the players and obviously the FA, but also in the clubs because you don't know which asset you can sell in in five years or or who's gonna help out the first team. So, yeah. I really hope that the message is getting um, uh, like trickled down into the clubs as well, and they and they start working actively with, with the bio banding and. And all those things. So, um, no, uh, future team. Uh, I think we're gonna see a lot more from it, uh, and and people are doing some really really good stuff uh, uh, already uh, in that field. Now we've just been discussing some of the amazing content that we've had over the previous few weeks, and also got coming up on our online community over the next few weeks as well. We've recently posted presentations from Sam Portland, Sam Peeps on speed training and the use of isometrics. So if you've not already checked those out, they're going down really well with our members. So make sure you go and give those a watch. We've also got, um, this week we've got a webinar that has just dropped on developing a performance framework by head of sports science at Doncaster Rovers, Sam Bowrim. That's now available to watch on the community. And also we are in the next few days are gonna be releasing the webinar by Ben Rosenblatt, who's a founder of 292 Performance, also previously of the English FA. That's going to be around secrets of high performance, and he taps into some of the experiences that he's had with some of the high performers that he's worked with, both on a coach level and a player level as well. So to go and check out all that, to get access to it, make sure you go to footballfitfed.com, click the community tab, sign yourself up to a a free 30-day trial. After that 30-day trial, you become a full paid member of the community. Once you get to that point, you get um, offered a place in our WhatsApp group where we have constant discussions around different performance questions that people might be facing. 
and different topics that are just um, on trend at that time. So come and join us, get access to coaches from right around the world, from literally every corner of the globe. Go to footballfitfed.com, click the community tab, sign yourself up there to a free trial today. Here's part two of the podcast with Richard Engstrom. You just mentioned as well about the, the to- I suppose the topics or the subjects that you cover in terms of coach education. I wanted to dive into some of these now because we've referenced on the podcast before, I suppose the gap between coaches getting qualified to go out and get a job, but then the actual applied knowledge of being in that role and maybe some of the gaps in that knowledge as well. So where you've just talked about, obviously, growth and maturation, biobanding, I know that's that's going to be a target, but what are some of the other areas that you focus on in terms of the education? I mean, the fitness, uh, football fitness ones? Yeah. Yeah, so so uh, we try to have, like, all the assignments we have, we try to link them to, uh, to um, in a practical setting. So everything they do, they get to use. And some other topics would be like uh, periodization is a big one, planning and periodization. Like they, they have an assignment to uh, plan their whole calendar year and and like the micro cycle, and so they get to present that to the to their peers. Um, that's a big one. Um, and also like uh, like regarding st- strength uh, training, they they need to um, to make a program and uh, and coach players and film it and, and so they everything we do we try to uh step away from it being only theory and, and more uh practical and, and like i said with the comments rush I, that well i was really happy with that one because they got they had like i don't remember exactly but they they you were supposed to, to measure uh like six or seven players and then we use like an Excel spreadsheet to to uh, to find if they are um, late developers early, if they're how close in proximity are to the, the peak high velocity. Um, and from there, I think it was a big eye opener. Just like like going down, like if you're in the first team, going down to the academy teams uh, to meet them and uh, and 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 do these things uh, like. Um, like a way for us to to spread the word is like them going to the academies and um and so so the interest can like how do you say um like the the word is spread through through them and not through us yeah that they actually uh get to get to practice what what uh what we teach them it's it's imperative like and it's always like i said with the example of them the example of um of the analysis, GPS analysis. If it were up to me, we would be on the field every uh, every single module of the of the courses. But they need some kind of input also from uh, like in a theoretical point of view, and and like that. That's maybe the the the, the downside of, of football fitness because we tend to get a little bit sciency. Yeah. Uh, and it's perhaps necessary to some point, but but still, um, big advocate of of of, uh, of of trying things out. And just from myself, I came from like like the university I went to first. I think we have of three years. I was like in the field with my uh, with the university like three times in three years, and that's just not good enough. Yeah. And I, I fortunately I got a, like a, an internship. 
like year one. So so I could always like apply and apply and apply and try. Okay, this doesn't work. Um, let's 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 try something else. And another good actually example, like we also have like the we call the DBA course. It's like the fast track for former elite players. Uh, probably other federations have the same. Yeah. Um, and the interesting part there to tie into that is actually like usually these guys have been uh, former pros maybe haven't been like coaching at any level uh, so they get in and they um, they don't know what questions to ask because they don't have like the they haven't been in in the in the war zone they haven't like been on the field they don't know which questions are relevant mm. and it's harder for them to to learn to because the so some things get very abstract for them and and they don't know like what are the demands on me when I get on the field and you have to you need that practical like uh, experience to know like I said zoom out okay where am I okay zoom in again well, how can I, I apply this um so like learning your trade uh, uh that's what it is you know it's uh it's what it's about and we just uh learning to work with people um regardless if it's uh teaching them to do a squad or 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 fill in an rp it doesn't matter it's just uh that's what it's about that's the business i think that's such an important point i think that in terms of experience like practical experience getting out there and working with people and learning learning on the job to a point and i know that has to be done in the right environment you can't go into a first team and try things out and see if it works because it's not the right place to do it. But you've mentioned a number of times already on the podcast that places that or um, environments that you've had that opportunity. And I know a lot of people have mentioned it before as well. But anyone that's been for any sort of education or course knows that if you have to deliver something, you're going to retain it a lot better, aren't you? Whether that's a, a coaching drill like you've mentioned before, um, whatever it is, if it's something in the gym, you, rather than sitting down and talking about it, going and doing it is so much more powerful. So I think there's there's massive takeaways from that and getting people out there and picking up that experience. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and of course, like education is so important as well because then you know, okay, this perhaps definitely doesn't work. So I don't have to do, try. I don't have to invent the wheel all over again. But but like you said, um, trying stuff out and and creating yourself as a practitioner is uh, best ways just learn by doing and failing failing a lot yeah that's, that's um yeah failing is a part of of success so definitely in terms of those areas that you cover if you were to lean towards one as being like this is one that coaches seem to either struggle with the most or just don't have enough experience with they just need to get more reps in essentially what would stand out for you is there anything in particular yeah yeah of course it would be like the the strength uh part of it like the complementary training uh, they don't have any the most of them don't have any experience in in strength training yeah so that would be one but uh it's also the one where i find it hardest to find that integration i spoke about earlier because and also, like a point that needs to be made is like, first, doesn't have to be integrated for for all the like. If you're talking youth or ch or kids, like it doesn't have to be 
uh, I think that the word specificity is is uh, kind of bastardized in a way mm. because we got stuck and it's almost like a sales pitch nowadays that it has to be specific. It has to be specific to this, this or that. No, it, it needs to be relevant. Like, and like, uh, like for the, the youth uh, educations we do, it's just play, have fun, do, mm. crawl, do contact stuff, like play other sports, do whatever, you know, but, um, um, where is I going? I'm rambling a lot. No, you're not. It's good. I'm looking at the snow, so I get confused. Oh, you got yeah. snow? Yeah, we got snow. Actually, started snowing now. We've got the no. temperature for snow without the snow. Really? Yeah, oh, that's a that's a shame. But um, no. Well, what's I talking about? Yeah, yeah. The areas that coaches find difficult. It's that's the probably the area that's hardest to motivate them. Um, to uh, because they're not there for to be confidence coaches. Yeah. Uh, some of them need it. Like I said, if you work at like grassroots level or or lower level youth teams, it's it's essential for them because those players need that as well. Even if they don't have a fitness coach employed mm -hmm. by the club, it's it's a uh, could be crucial for them. Um, and what else do they struggle with? Like like I said earlier, like um, like uh, realizing or or or. Um, putting the the fitness part in perspective like it's like i said it's not a performance metric but it's it's an easy way of, of evaluating something yeah just because it's easy doesn't mean it's right and and then like um like for example like uh we, we uh like in terms of evaluating training and we, we talk a lot about like rpe like in like a measurement of, of internal load and i had this quote this coach like not to um to um to put him down or anything but he was like yeah well what's what what freshness score would you take a player out of training i was like what do you mean it's like is uh if he if he gives me a six is that i'm gonna take him out of training then i was like no this is we're this is we've gone off track here it's it it's just it's not it's not that black and white it's like if it's a it's a tool Mm. for you to have a conversation it's not you try to make something so complex something to, to something simple but like it's a false what do you say false dichotomy you say false dichotomy like I know what uh, you mean, yeah yeah it's um it, it's reductionistic in a way that you try to simplify things but it ends up being too simple yeah uh, and, it, and and people are complex super complex um so um like again i'm rambling but um like the struggles of um of using um qualitative uh, quantitative uh, approach to inform your your process can can sometimes be um uh, become uh, more of a burden in some ways but when you forget like the perspective of these are still people you're 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 dealing with, and you need to have a conversation with them. Um, so, uh, some people struggle with that actually, like, um, like, um, like you give them, like I said, you give them the tools, but you can't like, you can't let them rely on the tools too much. Yeah, it's not black and white. Yeah, and I know exactly what you mean with that as well, because anyone that's that's used that approach. 
Um, and I suppose this was probably something that was used a few years ago, a bit more that if it well, if people did report on a wellness or an RPE, a certain level, then it's like a red flag and we'll take them out or whatever. Players, t- players know that then, don't they? So then you start getting answers from them that either aren't the truth or they'll manipulate it so they can stay. They want to train, don't they? They want they want to play. Sure. So it just leads to more no, more issues, that, doesn't it? But you're right. like That's one, one um, part of data, I suppose, that you're collecting that can be added to and given more context through conversation and everything else that you're collecting. So I think it's really important that. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, yeah. Going back to the Ikea shelf metaphor, like if you, like if you only have a, if you only have a hammer in your toolbox, everything's going to look like a nail and the shelf is going to look like shit. So I'm 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 reaching with these metaphors, but uh, yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, what about any other projects with the FA? Is there anything that we've not covered that's that's exciting, that's fresh on the mind at the minute? Um, but yeah, actually, like right now, I'm I'm looking to start like a small project. Just look, not maybe um, project as such, but looking at like having discussions with other federations, what they're doing uh, in terms of. Uh, not so much coach education, but perhaps more what they're doing with their national teams. Um, yeah. So if anyone listening to this you, who works in, in the youth uh, national team, feel free to hit me up. I'll, I'll um, try to discuss like what you do before camps, during camps, after camps um, to like see how we can evolve our um, our youth teams. And I went to the um, the FSI conference in uh, in October. And Chris Carling is with the French uh, Federation, and and he spoke a lot about how they like uh, project they do in research and development, and and obviously I'm not comparing us to the French uh, Football Association, but in a similar vein, like um, like see what what kinds of uh, questions we need to ask ourselves, or uh, what 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 the our coaches need, um, and how we can continuously like improve our our. Our, our youth uh, national team environment so that's going to be an exciting one uh um to to uh, to dwell into i think definitely yeah i urge anyone listening i'm sure there's a few out there that will be in those positions so yeah 100 reach out we'll put all richard's um contact details in the show notes i know you're on some socials which we'll go into in a second as well so definitely reach out so that sounds exciting to pull from others as well yeah, we can arrange a little network gathering of uh, of failed coaches who are now with the national teams. <laughs> Brilliant. So, well, that was very insightful. So thank you very much for coming on. I think we've covered a few topics in there that um, we've not covered in other episodes. So I think that was really cool to to get into the work that you're doing around coach education and obviously expanding on the conversation with Sean coming and the work that's going on with the Swedish FA as well. Um, just to finish us off, will you just give us the places that people can reach out to? Is there anywhere in particular that you direct them? Well, not, not that big on Twitter or X. Um, so the best way to reach out is either by email or, or, uh, or Instagram. I'm pretty, 
uh, or LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, I don't seem to get any likes on LinkedIn, so so don't go there. You go to no. now. You will now. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. All lows now. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> no, thank you very much for coming on. It's been brilliant to catch up. And uh, yeah, we'll stay in touch. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, sorry about the rambling. Um, yeah, hopefully I didn't, I didn't um, make too much of a fool of myself. Not at all. Thank you, mate. Thanks, mate. Big thank you to Richard for coming on the podcast. You go and give him a follow over on Instagram. If you just search for his name, you'll find his account on there. And he's also been um, good enough to give us our email. I will post that in the show notes for anyone that wants to get in touch with him. We also discussed right at the end, I think we'd stop recording by the time we had this conversation. If there's anyone out there in a similar role to Richard, we're looking at getting a group podcast together based around anyone that's working with national team age groups. And we will do a more specific episode about some of the work that goes on um, within those age groups. And we said it'd be great to get um, different countries involved, different practitioners involved. So if you do work in a similar role to Richard, reach out and we'll hopefully get you on the podcast and have a little bit of a roundtable discussion about a few topics. But in terms of takeaways on this one, I think Richard made a great point about Working at different levels of the game, lower levels means you can try new things. I think that's something that's come up a lot on the podcast and definitely something that's, that is recommended. Even if it's alongside a, a full-time role or a role that takes up a little bit more time, working with a squad that's maybe got a little bit less pressure around them, less pressure around performance and results, it gives you a little bit more freedom to try new things and learn a few lessons. The importance of basics being done well I think a lot of discussions always come back to that. So I think that was a really key takeaway. And then he also mentioned about a lot of education, trying to steer coaches away from the classroom, from, from just the classroom environment, getting out there, trying things, actually experience it on a physical level, coaching things back to different coaches. I think that is a really important lesson to be taken and something we probably need to do a little bit more of as well. So they were my takeaways. I'm sure you've got plenty as well. So let us know what you thought of the podcast. As always, if you've not left us a review over on iTunes or the podcast app or on Spotify, please go and do it because it does help us getting future guests on the podcast as well. I really appreciate everyone that's left one so far. And just finally for me, make sure to go and check out our sponsors, Hytro, Rezzle and The Good Prep doing some amazing work. Go and give them a follow over on social media and check out some of the work they are doing. And I will speak to you next week for episode 269.